Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. All right, here we are. It's in between, as I teased in yesterday's episode, because we ran into the unexpected, I don't know, it's calamity. I actually kind of liked what the week became, but the, the unexpected nature that Richard and I were unaware we were watching theatrical cut and Sean was watching the extended it opened and our plan had always been to watch the extended right. version. And, and like I said, during all the minutes, Amazon, when I purchased it, mentioned the extended cut, you know? And so I was like, buy it. Um, it, it brought to mind for me that I saw this week in the news that Francis for Coppola has decided to recut Godfather's part three, including retitling it. It's no longer part three. It's now the Godfather Coda, the death of Michael. Oh my Corleone. goodness. And oh, come on. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I give complete credence to Coppola because he's done such great work with things like Apocalypse Now, where he doesn't go necessarily reshoot things. It's just he finds ways to clarify the narrative because what he always says is studios get in the way. And famously for him, he did not necessarily want to make Godfather Part Three, but he'd hit a point where he had no money. He had to accept it so he could move ahead. And they rushed it. They He had... He couldn't get Robert Duvall for a role because of money. Um, they wanted it at a certain time delivered. He wanted another year to rewrite it. And so now he's gone back to fix the things. And and frankly, Paramount's probably looking at, look, we can't put movies in the theaters. Let's let you recut this. And I think they may have added like two opening, an opening and a closing shot, something like that. But he's edited it around. My question became, it's not anywhere near the first time that Hollywood has said, let's get in the way of this and eventually let you recut it. Now, Conquest, as we discussed, they apparently recut because they were afraid of inciting violence. So I wanted to go down this path of at least other films we can think of, things where we think it's screwed it up, where they've done the recut, where it's made it better. We've got Zack Snyder being allowed to release Justice League, and then I asked you two, my comic book nerd friends, have we ever had an instance where a comic book's been released and then they came back and said, let me revisionist fix this. So we can start wherever that conversation begins. I toss First it to all, you guys. Can we just say Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone is the most ridiculous name ever. It doesn't I bother mean, me. It's like, that's, like call, that's like whenever uh, Vin Diesel started making the Chronicles of Riddick. Come on, you've got two movies out. You're not making Chronicles of this piece of shit. My my only thing about the coda is that it's a weird allusion, obviously, to music, the, where yeah. the titles have had no allusion to music. Had it been the um, overture was the first part, and the the middle was a symphony, and then it was the coda, then I go, okay, that that works. It's a weird reach. Well, okay, so you were talking uh, re-edited comic books or stuff. Well, let's also remember, I mean, that happens with books, too. Remember Stephen King put out the expanded version of The Stand at one point True. that had a thousand more pages or whatever in it? So, But, uh, but uh, for comic books, uh, an example that I could give you is uh, Kingdom Come. Uh, they, it was four issues put out. They collected in a trade. It did really well. 
And so then they, you know, on an anniversary, I can't remember which one, they say, oh, we also have eight new pages for the middle, and we have a new ending for it as well. It, that happened 10 years later. Yeah. They're, they're, so that, it's not unprecedented in print is either. Uh, well, right. you know, the, the, the studios and publishers and uh, so on, they're trying to find ways to make more money off of popular product all the time. Right. And if uh, you can find more sketch pages, if you can recolor a comic book, if you can dead, yeah. If you can give a brief small image or new ending at the end, if you can, you know, create a, a one shot off of a character that follows something that will, you know, could p- potentially, you know, revitalize the, the series earlier on, you're gonna see it all over the place. Yeah. Of course directors are gonna want to come back and redo it. They're egomaniacs. They're gonna want to sit there, they're gonna want every shot they made in that goddamn film. And then that old phrase, you know, art is never finished. It's just abandoned, whatever. So, you know, at some point you have to stop working on something. Otherwise, you're just fiddled with it forever right. and it'll never be released. I mean, four nights of a five hours of Justice League. Justice sounds, League. Like, sounds like Scott Snyder, Zack Snyder wants to put in every single shot he ever took for this film. Doesn't well, sound like it's going to be any different. From what I understand, he there will not be a Joss Wheaton shot in the, his version of it. So he's got to... Got to fix a lot of that, and I'm interested. I'm interested to see it not from that I think it's going to be a better movie. I'm interested to see what did the studio vision was. Yeah, what did the studio agree to? They greenlit it with him. You know, he Mm -hmm. he's a problematic director. I think that I don't really care for a single one of his films completely. There are things I'll like about it, and then I'm like, meh. But they greenlit it. They went ahead with it, and then they found once they became nervous because of returns on previous films, then whenever the moment occurs that he has tragedy in his family, they move in, they sweep in, and they cut his nuts off. Yeah, they change everything, yeah. So I'm interested to see, and it's much like I would be interested to see with Conquest, were we able to go back to the 70s and have a moment where instead of slashing the budget from Escape, which again, Escape's budget could easily be made smaller because you've only got two people, three people in prosthetic makeup, one guy in a horrible gorilla outfit. That's yeah. the extent of your massive budget elements outside of shooting on the beach that day with the, the spaceship the, in the water. The spaceship. Everything else is pretty straight ahead. There's no reason that they couldn't look and say, okay, we now want to tell a more ambitious story. Again, it's set in practical locations, so we don't need to build anything other than ape central control. Let's escalate the budget a little. Let's not cut your shooting days. But they were so hell-bent on the belief that it's a sequel. No one will see it. We've got to slash budgets to make our profits go up. So I'm interested with Zack Snyder for that very same reason. If you can somehow allow that person to come back and tell what they wanted to tell, I want to see it. I want to see what he does with it. I don't expect to like it, but I want to see it. I just I feel burned by a lot of my favorite creators uh, not having good editors at some point. I know that I talked about this before. There's a point where the visionary or the creator is just unchecked by any rational means of a budget or a deadline or a page count or a, somebody who's coming back and following their logic or looking for plot holes mm-hmm. and, and, a lot of my, a lot of my longtime favorite writers, even artists, at some point I'm like, you're just, it's all ego now. And I can't, I can't see past all the flaws. You need somebody to rein you in just a little bit. 
And while studios can go overboard a lot of times, they also might, in a sense, be helping some of these creators with their vision in terms of making honing into a good product versus just letting it be wild. I totally and, uh, agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, con uh, constraints often give you creative con uh, solutions to problems that you have. So you don't have the biggest budget in the world. You have to figure a, a way around that. Or, hey, you're Robert Rodriguez and you have a guitar case and a turtle. Let's go make a movie with that. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, and how many times have I bemoaned Lucas and what he's done with the special editions? But I think the, the charm and artistry of the original Star Wars comes from I wanted to do this. Because if you look at that original script, that thing is a mess. You can't make that into a movie. No one understand it. That would have been a piece of garbage. But he kept having constraints put upon him, and he was able to hone a vision and make it and achieve it, and it changed cinema. But then whenever you let him go unchecked and he has too many yes people because he's now billionaire George Lucas, it's a problem. And that's – Oh, and that would would that describe a little bit of one, two, and three on some level, just because of without that. question. Oh, that it was given. Column totally enabling him to say do whatever you want. We I mean, we got we got some uh, to me again. We got some great backgrounds, some great mythos. We got to flesh out some stuff, and then we had to allow television and other media to kind of uh, build that world around what was created. I, I don't think that I think I don't think the vision of one, two, and three was wrong. I think it was just not it was not not. I would, I, would not brought in, not in. I would change that to say I don't think the story of one, two, three is wrong. The vision, when he starts thinking, I need to do all this mumbo jumbo shit, that's where it goes wrong. And I think to just Sean's point, you put a producer like Rick McCollum, who is just nothing but a yes man. You know, Lucas on the first two films had Gary Kurtz. And Gary Kurtz was very straight ahead. We don't need to do that. We, and, you know, he even challenged when he said, and I believe Gary Kurtz has passed now, um, that when they went to make Jedi, it was never about retelling the first story effectively of a Death Star and Ewoks. And it was more about a planet, a moon planet base and all these things. And he was very much like, you've got to keep evolving it. And I think that when you put somebody like that in Lucas's path, it... Yeah, it may be frustrating to him. He may feel like, yeah, but that's not what I want to tell. But sometimes, George, it's better when somebody's in your way saying, yeah, but you're not making the best story you could. So what are some other examples anybody have of recut movies, recut TV shows, stuff like that? Oh, you know oh, what? Oh, oh, there was three. Go, keep talking. That was a good one. Uh, I could go and bring it back to Babylon 5 and talk about studio interference. Whenever shooting uh, the spinoff Crusade, uh, TNT actually shut them down after shooting the first three or four episodes out of 13 and said, hey, we want you to retool the way everything looks, like the uniforms and stuff. And then um, they said, okay, and they did that, and they shot that stuff. And then they had another fight and they got to go back to the way the old things look. So in the TV show, they're dressed one way for a little bit. And then they have a person come in and say, you have to dress a different way. And so they dress a different way for a little bit. And then after those episodes are over, they literally, I think said, uh, we burned all the uniforms. Yeah. I, re because, I remember that happening too. And, yeah. and that's where it gets just absolutely frustrating that these people who are not creative people, they're money people, 
get in the way, but how you know you step out of the entertainment world. How often do you see electronic products, things like that, that may have a great vision? It's going to change the world, but then money people get in the way. I can't sell it. It needs to do this, and suddenly you put in something that that the device or app doesn't need, and it ruins the original vision. That it's not unique just to entertainment. Yeah, uh, Blade Runner. Nah, there you go. That's about a five, seven, twelve versions of that. Blade Runner, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep was much better as its director cut than it was its theatrical release. I don't. I didn't know I there was I... a director's cut. Director. Mm-hmm. It's got about. Well, I'm just. I, you know, I, I watched it. I, I'm going to say it's got twenty to thirty minutes more film in it, maybe forty minutes. This is much better. Mike, oh, I like right. that. I like that director, Mike Flanagan. I watched, go back and go back. Go back to watch, don't watch the don't watch the, the the release movie. Watch the actual director's cut. It's it's a much better movie. He made a, a film before he did that and did Haunting of Hill House, and now I can't think of it. Was it called Hush? Where it was a woman that is hearing impaired, lives in a cabin, and slowly a man oh. tries to break in and kill her. Oh, yeah. I, had, I didn't realize he did that. Hang yeah, on. Yeah, he did. I, I think it's called Hush. That's that's really a good movie. I I started really liking him after I watched Haunting of Hill House again with Abby and I thought, oh, I kind of want to know where he comes from. Yes, that is him. And his wife, who is also in Haunting of Hill House, is in it. It's a good little movie. But I back to Dr. Sleep, I didn't realize they had allowed Yeah, it is her. I'll have to I'll have to look for that because I, I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't hate the theatrical version. I wasn't wild about it, but I didn't hate it. But I would love to see something with more footage in it. But that it's uh, yeah, you're gonna want to watch the Okay. It's much better. I, I think that I think that's interesting. Whenever a film is that that one's interesting too, because it was not a box office success. The critics liked it, but it was not a box office success. And for them to come back and say, "Here's another version," I wonder if that's their way of salvaging. Oops, we got in the way, and we could have made a better movie if we'd let you do what you wanted to do. Maybe uh, might have been more money. I mean, they might. Yeah. They I might have... say, there's always the inevitable double dip. So yeah. You got him on theatrical. You got him on the original release of the theatrical. Hey, now we're going to get you with the director's cut. I mean, was was Justice League Zack Snyder's Justice League supposed to be made, or was it people buzzed about it enough that HBO Max is like, you know what, we can do to get some lot of attention, we can actually turn it into a thing. Oh, I, I think, I think it was that. the latter. I think that they started that whole hashtag war of getting attention to it. And I think Snyder H- Cut, yeah. yeah HBO knew Snyder they were going to do HBO Max, and they wanted something that would get people excited, and so they teased it, and now everybody's you know jumping on that bandwagon to get it. I, I don't. But HBO Max realizes they can't, they can't, you know, do lots of new productions right now because of the thing going on yeah. with the virus. So hey, you know, we've we've got footage. We've, we've got, got this it. stuff sitting here. Yeah. To use it. Yeah. Ooh, we and did watch we- the first. And then we the- have two movies to sell after that. We've got the original. You've got the Justice League original, and they'll put out a special edition of that somehow that's got extra footage in it. And then you can have the two warring each other. Yes. <laughs> what What did you watch the first of, Richard, you were saying? Oh, we just watched the first of a new HBO, uh, show on HBO Max. It was, what's it called? It's a sci-fi Ray show. Wolf. Yeah, that was actually really good. Was it really? That was yeah. cool. I was like, I was like, this is sci-fi. I want to watch that. Like, that was good sci-fi. I yeah, first episode. Sci-fi. Yeah, proper sci-fi. I watched the first three episodes of Lovecraft Country, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't really figure out if it's like a continuing story, yet every episode is a different type of horror. That's kind of what so I'm getting I, already. So it's based on a book 
from what I understand. And uh, I've listened to other podcasts that kind of review this as well. And they say that like the first part of the book was the first two stories Mm -hmm. and the rest of it, he feels like they could, he should, they should have made like um, an hour and a half episode, uh, a 90 minute episode, a 70 minute episode and make it longer instead of making it just an hour episode to cover the stories that they cover. Mm-hmm. But it's all supposed to weave together and make sense. Like you, we don't know enough about these characters to understand why all this weird stuff is happening. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'm going to stick around. Of course, I'm going to keep watching. Yeah. But yeah. my problem right now is there are two competing stories. Yeah. The, the one of their lives mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the one of the horror that that's lady, happening yeah. that's happening behind them, and I'll be honest, I want them to go to one of two places. I either want a story about them because I find them all fascinating. I want to hear about their lives, mm-hmm. or I want to go into the other direction where we're dealing with the the mythos and what what all this means. Because this this back and forth between like oh it's a lighthearted moment, oh it's a it's a, it's a learning moment about race in America, to mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're dealing with you know. Uh, calf wolf frightened things with a beast with a thousand eyes. Yeah, it's 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 too on off for me. I need I need one or the other story. I like them both. I just don't like them together right now. I think that I with the first episode, I thought they were going to marry those worlds closer together because when it became the there's no such thing as monsters yet. Here are the white police officers that are obviously the monsters i thought we were going to be much more in step with here's a world mm-hmm. of horror and and the world of horror which we exist but you're right at some point it sort of pulled it apart and i think that's where the confusion's coming and i'm i'm also disillusioned because the young woman that's in this i think she's very, she's a very good actress and she was about the only thing in that god-awful harley quinn movie that they just released the emancipation she was the only thing that I kept going oh i want to see more of her she's good I felt like in the last. Did she two... play Buck Canary in the movie? Yeah. Yes. Her... Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's her. awesome. Oh, okay, cool. And I she, like her. She was, she was the only. She's also in... in the last season of Friday Night Lights. So I'm she's sorry, the only thing her. in that movie that I really liked. But I felt like in the last two episodes of Lovecraft Country, why can't I say that? That they've kind of almost made her just shrill. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, stop. And, you know, I, I, I loved the moment when she, you know, are we all caught up? I don't want to say anything. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love the moment when she went out and smashed the cars. But I thought you're you're making her jump from the shrill, shrieky when the horror happens to the con- confronting this world. It's too much for me. And, but maybe that may be a point they're trying to make. And when this all comes together, I'll see that. But I'm just not wild about the mm-hmm. series yet. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm interested in watching the show but i'm not invested in it yet because i just i i want to i want to i want, I want the i want to hear the story about the people's lives because i'm really i really enjoy them and or, or i want to move into this world of of uh horror lovecraft horror not not go back and forth so have you guys started on the boys yet mm-hmm. oh yeah i haven't yet mm-hmm. no. i watched the first episode last night and you know i love me some carl urban dropping the sea bombs yeah. that, that makes me happy Fucking diabolical! Uh, he's, he's just so—he's just such a joy. <laughs> I love that dude. Y'all, I like saw, him. Y'all saw Dread, right? No. Oh yeah, Dread, Dread was really good. Yeah, I mean, he's ready to make another sequel whenever they pull the trigger and do that. I mean, Dread was a ripoff of that other movie that took place in the city building thing. That uh, that was—it was a coincidence, yeah. But um, uh, the raid. 
Yeah, the raid. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. the raid with where you have dread. to fight your way through a building. Uh-huh. Yeah, I never saw yeah. either one of them. So you never saw. The never raid? saw. No. Did you saw? Wait, what you didn't it? see dread either? No, I never did because oh, I, they're both really crap. good films. You oh need my to watch goodness! Dread, I'll watch them. I, well, I just never liked Judge Dread a whole lot. I was always kind of like, eh, just didn't do a lot for me. But I love him, so maybe I need to see it. I would watch That's Dread first before the raid. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, they get it perfect for this red because the Sylvester Stallone one, Dread never takes off his helmet, and that's the first thing that Stallone does is he can't get his helmet off fast enough. You yeah. never see Dread's face in the comics. I mean, it's it's, Sp- it's, it's Spider Man's mask. I mean, it's so to that you know, idea yeah. that you two say it's the same film is is it almost like I don't know if you remember this that but when the Matrix came out, they also had a movie called Dark City come out, and mm-hmm. they're very much. The same thing where there's a uh-huh. world and it's an alternate reality yet someone has the powers to get beyond it. And I personally like Dark City more because it's a film noir and I think it's a really interesting movie. But it's the same damn thing. And it's just weird how the filmmakers at the same time sort of made the same movie. Well, there wasn't, wasn't there also the Haunting of Hill House and Hill House, The Haunting or whatever it was, the two movies that came out around the same time with very similar concepts. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, there was, and then the uh, the you know the sequel to Hill House is coming out. It's Bly Manor, which is they made a film version. And shit, what did they call it? it? Had Finn Wolfhard. I know that because Abby loves him and went to see it from Stranger <laughs> Things. And she came home and said, "This is based on something about Bly Manor. Is it a really bad book?" And I was like, "Was the movie bad?" She's like, "It's really bad." <laughs> now I'm gonna have to look up what the name of that movie was. Finn Wolfhard, how did how? He's such an odd-looking kid. Yeah. You, you've brought him up multiple times. I don't understand why my daughter finds him attractive. He's I, so weird. He's he's an odd kid. <laughs> now, because I want to find that movie, I can't find it. Of course not. The Turning. That's what it was. And what's funny is, is Abby and I are watching um, Handmaid's Tale, which, you know, she is feeling so empowered by the femininity of that and and so uh-huh. frightened by the messages that are behind it. Well, all of a sudden, because she apparently got my head for, oh, that person directed this. It gets to an episode and she sees the name Floria Sigismondi, I guess is how you say it. She's like, oh, oh. And I said, what? She directed The Turning. And I was like, well, I guess you can direct some <laughs> handmade tale episodes. It'd be good. And you can direct a piece of shit as well. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do a job because your air conditioning broke down. So are there any other examples that you can think of going back to the original conversation of revisionist history in media that are either good or bad or are things that you wish they would go and retouch? I know with Sean, I almost wish for you that Highlander to me, I know you love it, has when I watch the movie, it's always There's been a one director's of those, cut, yeah. Yeah, where they need to kind of tweak some stuff from the first version that came out didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Richard, do you have anything like that? Say the last part again. Sorry. Do you so. have anything like it, as far as the things that you like that are touched upon and are created, and then they come back and make a revised version? I know you mentioned Doctor Sleep, but something that's dear to you that they've fixed or maybe made worse. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, can know. You get, can you get back to you on that next week? Well, yeah, exactly. Can I get an answer for you next week? I'll say this for me that I love Blade Runner, and I because I grew up watching the version with the voiceover, and I love film noir. 
I still have a real soft spot for that. I know that it's problematic. I listen to it now, and I think, yeah, his voiceover reading's very cold. I very flat, of, but I kind of like it. It's you know, you're never going to convince me that I won't like these things that I grew up with more. And I, I, I just really like that version. I'm glad they were. I'm glad they released all the versions, so I can choose which one I watch. Yeah, come on, Star Wars bitches. All right. I think that may be the end of the conversation. Has anybody got anything else they want to throw in? Um, no, nah, that's it for me. Richard, how's Zeus Comics doing? It's doing okay. I'm uh, working a lot. Well, if you need your comic books needs fulfilled, we've said it before, ZeusComics.com. You can order hey. You can order your comics. You can order toys and things like that as well. And Richard would be happy to send them to you, won't you, Richard? I, I will totally yep. do that. Our, our online side has kind of taken off a little bit. We're doing um, – we're shipping probably somewhere between like 50 to 80 different orders a week now just shipping out in addition to people coming into the store. So it's taken off. It's it, With everything going on with uh, the pandemic and staffing – and store hours, it's been a lot. It's a lot more work. Everything's a little slower than it was. So orders don't go out like the same day or typically like within a day or two. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a bit of a struggle, but it's actually kept us going. And I think we're doing about the same, if not a little bit better than we were this time last year, mostly large because of online ordering. So it's been really nice. That's awesome. And good. with that, I'm gonna, we're going to sign off because here's the thing. Richard gets up early with us, and then, unfortunately, he has to go work right now. The, the, your Sundays are not going to continue on working eventually, right? Uh, I have one of my pre-pandemic employees is returning today, okay, and he is going to take over Sundays going forward. I am going to go in, though, because mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have a key yet, and uh, with the holiday tomorrow... Uh, I, I'm sorry, this is rambling. People need to hear this. <laughs> yeah. I will soon have Sundays off, yes. I, I'm more right. worried as a friend, just wanting to make sure you have time for your sanity. But we're going to let Richard go and deal with Zeus. Again, if you need things, ZeusComics.com. That lovely man Thank will you. help you do anything that you need to do online. Thank we'll you for the plug. Of <laughs> anything? Anything. He anything. Might, he might box uh, us yeah. up and ship himself <laughs> right to you. Zeus um, Comics and, and Zeus Comics fans only. Okay. I I really thought it was going to be Zeus Comics slash com. We'll ship myself to your house. Um, Anyway, uh, we will be back next week with more episodes of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. We will be in sync. We will figure out which version we're watching together. But we're going to continue to try and track the differences because at this point they're starting to become apparent. So until next week, everybody have a great weekend and be safe. Bye. Bye, everybody. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.